Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 33 of ABC on Pittsburgh Sports. Michael Andalusio, Tom Bradley, and Mark Clementi for another week of Pittsburgh and National Sports Talk. We cover it all for you. And literally this week, we have it all for you. Uh, this is going to, we're covering every single sport, it seems like, under the sun, from basketball to baseball to hockey. We have it all. Tom is going to do a Penguin preview for us. Michael's going to do MLB playoffs. So like I said, local, national, we have it all. So this is episode 33. It's We're taping October 10th, the day after the debacle in Buffalo. Listen, the the... The bookies out in LA, in Las Vegas know what they're talking about. They had the spread at uh, 14. There was a reason for that, and yes, Buffalo did cover. At this point, guys, I don't know what's left to say. I think the Steelers are who they are without T.J. Watt. Um, we can keep beating a dead horse here. Uh, that was just an abysmal performance all around. I mean, from the third play of the game all the way through the first half, I mean, it was just – Big play after big play. And, and quite honestly, as I'm watching it, I'm going to use a Tomlinism here. It was like you were watching a varsity team play a JV team. That's what it was to me. Uh, that score could have been a hell of a lot worse. Sean McDermott definitely put the brakes on that team in the second half. Uh, otherwise, they, they could have easily gotten into the 50s if Allen would have kept doing his thing. Um, the Steeler team has issues, and they are many. Yeah, I mean, they, they – I mean – Yesterday, they didn't do anything well. They didn't uh, run the ball well. They didn't coach well. Uh, There was nothing to take away from that game that makes you think that this team's going to right the ship anytime Mm -hmm. soon, at least in my eyes. I I don't see anything changing next week. Uh, Maybe against Miami. Uh, Philadelphia will be a train wreck, too. Uh, I I just, you know, best case scenario, I think, you know, two and six. That's best case scenario at this point. And then the season's lost at that point. I mean, I I don't – there's no team in the NFL other than – there's a couple teams. You you know, you called me yesterday and said – you know, my sister called me and said, could this be one of the three worst teams in the NFL? I don't think they're that far down, but they're not – they're closer to the last three than they are to the top three, that's for sure. Uh, you got a couple really bad teams in the Texans, but I – you know, Detroit's not right. good. Uh, obviously, um, Washington's really bad. But, I mean, they're right there with those teams. I mean, they just – to me, I didn't see anything. Nothing has changed five weeks into right. the season. Yeah, yeah what it kind of reminds me of is the bad pirate teams um, over the years in that on a day where your pitching's good, you can't hit. And on a day where you can hit, your pitching sucks. I mean, again, this game reminded me a lot of the Kansas City playoff game last year. The defense held up for the first 15, 18 minutes of the game. It was 10-3. Offense goes three and out three times in a row. What running, was Canada, run it, what was he doing? Running the play, running the running two dives to a running back yeah, that's got no legs. Right, yeah. What are we doing there? Kenny moves. And listen, well, listen, I'm not saying Kenny had a great game, but that first drive, he was throwing the ball. They moved the ball down the field. Don't get me started on Canada. I mean, you know, I've tried to be – I'm not – there's too many in this town that the first thing we do is blame the head coach, the quarterback, or the goaltender. I mean, or the right. goalie. And in this league, those are the obvious things. So you, I try like hell to avoid it's the coach's fault or whatever. But you had your franchise quarterback starting his first game. You had all week to prepare. And the first play that Kenny Pickett ran as a starter for the Steelers was a designed scramble for a one-yard pass to Derek White, which I believe was his first catch as a Steeler. I mean, I don't know what else you could say. When you fire yes. him, which is right. going to happen – Right. That's you put that on tape. Here you go, there you go, bud. There's your yeah. first. That this is why you had all freaking week 
to prepare for this. And this is the play you came up that's with. That's a good call. You're right. I mean, that, that's unfathomable. And it only got worse from there. But, again, you know, much like last year in, in the playoff game, uh, TJ Watt gets the early touchdown. It's 7 mm-hmm. nothing. You're looking around. Offense, 3 and out, 3 and out, 3 and out. And then the dam burst, which you knew was going to happen. Um, you know, I, I try not to read too much into this. I mean, there were literally guys playing in the defense of the Steelers. And I, I Charlie Batch was, for some reason, out there playing corner for the Steelers. Last. I don't know who that is or was. I don't know if he won a contest. Um, I don't know where he came from. I've never heard of the guy. Yeah, honestly, I've never heard of the guy. And Matt Williamson, who I love, is probably is the person that I trust the most when it comes to Steelers. I was just listening him in. He works for the Steelers. He reports on the Steelers, and he said, "I honestly didn't know that guy was on the team." <laughs> Josh Jackson, the yeah, corner, whoever. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. you tell me that's his name. Yeah. I believe. Yeah, you. Josh Jackson. Yeah, I mean, you could have could have been you. For well, all I, I didn't realize who it was until he got burned for oh. a touchdown, and then so, oh, it's Josh Jackson. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, you know, this team, I've I've come full circle now to the. I'm putting this strictly on Tomlin and the coaching staff because the teams you mentioned, the Steelers have better talent. They're not perfect. They have flaws. But this there's too many talented football players on this team that are NFL players to, to be embarrassed like that. I got no problem with them losing. This was a loss in April when the schedule came out. This was a loss when we talked about the season to begin with. This was always going to be a loss. It's how you lose and how the players look while it's happening. And that was by far the worst effort I've seen a Tallman team make, in my opinion, both sides of the ball since he's been here. I can't disagree. So let's just go to two up, two down. I'm just going to go two down, and it's two guys that I have no purpose for anymore. I'm done, and that's Deontay Johnson and Chase Claypool. Both of those guys, and if Deontay thinks he's a number one wide receiver, he's out of his mind. He's nowhere near a number one wide receiver. Chase Claypool, I can't understand how far he's regressed since his rookie year. Um when Tony Romo calls you out, and Tony Romo could be the nicest dude in the booth, period, the end. But even Romo called him out during the broadcast yesterday for running lazy routes. And when you have a rookie quarterback playing, you can't, you just can't do that. And Deontay, it's great. It's a beautiful one-handed catch. How about getting your fucking toes in? Excuse my French. Two weeks in a row that he's killed drives because he can't get his feet in. I mean, these two guys, it, it, they just signed Deontay to that big contract, which Michael and I didn't like. Um, I, I can't – I think he's useless. I think he's a number three receiver at best. And Claypool, good luck trying to find any contract next year, buddy, because you're just not good. Well, he's here next year. He's got one more year. Oh, he's, yeah. yeah. He's got one yeah. more year. Right. But anyway, I mean, he's not getting another – I mean, if he thinks he's, he's got big money coming, no. There's no chance. I mean, there's that guy from last week showing no heart – uh, on Kenny's first pass to this week, um, it's um, it, there's just nothing there. Um, my two ups, I'm actually I found two ups. Um, one is James Daniels. I'm a hockey guy, and yeah. I always yeah. believe you protect your good stars. Call. Yep, good call. And you know I've seen that happen to a quarterbacks. I've seen it happen to Roethlisberger over the years, and I haven't seen anybody stick up for him. It wasn't a dirty shot. It wasn't in anything other than, hey, that's our guy. You ain't getting away with that. And so I respect James Daniels for doing that. Um, so I give him ups for that. And, and mm-hmm. you got to look hard. And the other one is Kenny. I mean, yes, they only scored three points. I don't really, again, I don't really care about the scores and the results and things like that. 
What I wanted to see is that is as tough an environment as there is in the NFL, playing against an opponent that had the number one defense in, in football. They're banged up. Um, but, uh, you know, Kenny didn't look out of place, and that was a good first step. I mean, 327 yards, yeah, some of it was mop-up time and things like that, but he looked like what I wanted him to look at, and he showed some fight. Mm-hmm. You know, in a game where it's very easy to pick out 50 guys that laid down, uh, and, and to me, a lot of those guys quit. It was nice to see Kenny last play of the game up protecting himself and showing a little fight and showing a little mm-hmm. balls. And if you're a quarterback, if, you, if you're going to be an NFL franchise quarterback, you got to show – you got to have a little fight. And, you know, when you sit down and watch the film during the week, you, you want – you know, if I'm a guy in that room and I see my quarterback doing that kind of stuff, I want to play for that guy. Yeah. So no, I agree. Good call. That's so fair to enough. Me, and the ups – or the downs, you guys – I mean, pick one. They're all right. Everybody else, (laughs) coaching staff, ownership, coordinators, players, everybody but the two I mentioned are down. Yeah, no, I I don't have an up for that game. But I mean, we've talked about it every week since the beginning of the season. It to me, the the running game. When you got a rookie quarterback, you've Mm -hmm. got to be able to establish some type of running game, and they established no running game. With Najee, had what eleven carries for twenty yards or something like that. I, that, that's not going to get it done. When you got a rookie quarterback, like Tommy said, going into a hostile environment right. like that, you've got to be able to establish the run at some point in the game. And that, that also is ball control, where that keeps your defense off right. the field a little bit. You've got to move the chains. You don't, like you said, you don't have to necessarily score on every drive, but you can't have three and out, three and out, three right. and out. You can't just do that constantly. <clears throat> so the running game to me was terrible. And obviously the secondary, I mean, again, I, you could say what you want. I mean, he could have thrown for 600 yards in that game. If, right. if, I mean, if he literally wanted to break some kind of record, he could have probably thrown for 600 yards. Uh, and, uh, I mean, there was a non-existent secondary play. So, to me, that's the two dons. I mean, if you want to give an up, so, Jalen Warren, maybe. Right. You know, he, yeah. he doesn't play much, but, you know, he was in mop-up time in the second half. I, I, and he was, ran hard. I mean, similar to what you were hard. talking about. He, caught he was a couple knocking passes. guys over. Yeah, yeah he mean. caught a couple passes. But, uh, to me, there's really no – shining light on this game other than you know warren playing pretty good tommy mentioned daniels coming to kenny's defense and you know kenny threw for some yards most of them were empty yards at the end of the game but um he didn't look like he was out of place out there even though they didn't score any points yeah and back to kenny's point too you know what did you hear coming into this small hands can he throw the ball um you know is he gonna be able to throw the deep ball i mean that was where you saw the ball every time they kicked what it was doing Mm -hmm. I mean, it looked like a wiffle ball when it went up in the air. And, you know, Kenny's throwing deep outs. He's throwing to the sidelines. Um, he's making the throws that you want to see an NFL quarterback thinks. And those are the things that when you're looking hard for something positive, those are the things at least there's something to be seen. So with Najee, right, you keep hearing the Liz Frank. If he's hurt, he shouldn't be playing because he's garbage right now. I hate to say it, but he is. I mean, 11 carries, 20 yards, and – He's not making guys miss. There's zero burst with him. Um, if he can't go, sit him down let Jalen Warren play because you're getting a hell of a lot more out of Jalen Warren right now than you are with Najee Harris. Well, you can't you can't let a performance like this, you know, you just walk away from this and pretend like this didn't happen. If you're Tomlin, you know, even if you, even if you don't necessarily believe in what you're doing with it, you have to do something different. You have to change this up. You can't keep running guys, the same 22 guys out there, and just banging your head off the wall and saying, oh, well, they're going to get better. They're going to get better. If it's me this week, I, I start Jalen Warren. I played, if not, at least 
give him a hell of a lot more insert into the lineup than what I've seen so far. I make Pickens number one and make it clear that he's my number one guy. And even some of the guys on defense, Mark Robinson, who was an undrafted, I, yep. undrafted free agent, he is not Dick Butkus, but he's a different guy. Mm-hmm. Let him. We've seen the guys that are dressed and suck. Loudermilk, another guy that we said might have an opportunity this year coming in. He hasn't gotten a helmet this year. Put him in. You got to change something up. You got to do something. Right. When you lose a game like that, you can't just pretend like everything's the same and just put it back out there again. No, I agree with you. Give Robinson a shot. I mean, Devin Bush. Spillane. Spillane. Pick one. Pick one. Any of those guys. Just yeah. Yeah, sit them down. A little perspective may, may, uh, may help the cause. Anyway, so this week, as we talked about Tampa Bay, who do we like? And then we'll get to our other picks. Well, I've, I've not picked a Buccaneer game right yet, but I, I, I can't see under any scenario the Steelers winning this game. Uh, you know, Tampa's defense is markedly better than Buffalo's, and he's going to see some things that Todd Bowles is going to throw well, out. Well, and especially this wasn't get speaking to that. I mean, Buffalo was out without their two starting safeties, their, their number one shutdown corner, and their well, probably their best linebacker. No, they, they were banged up. They were banged the up. The good Edmonds brother yeah, was yeah, out. They, they, they were banged up on the defensive side of the ball. Yeah. Um, you know, facing another quarterback that can put up a lot of yards pass, and he got all his weapons back. Uh, the Buccaneer running game isn't where I'd like to see it. Um, that part worries me a little bit. Uh, but I, I, I think that I don't know what the line is on this game right now. But seven and a half. I'd yeah. take the Buccaneers seven and a half all day, yeah. twice on Sunday. I, I like the Buccaneers in this game big. Well, you know, the obvious answer is that the Steelers are going to lose again because unless T.J. Watt's dressing, um, you know, I mean, they just don't win without him in the lineup. It's hard to believe that this is that this, that this continues on. But, um, but yeah, I mean, I'd like to believe that the Steelers are going to show a little fight after after getting their nose rubbed in it last week. So they're um, going to score. And it's also hard. Well, I mean, listen. I'm going to say this, and you ain't going to like this, but Tampa Bay ain't Buffalo. They're just not. Defense is better than Buffalo's. Well, they're healthier than Buffalo's. They're, no, they're better than Buffalo's. <laughs> so, I, I mean, without knowing, I, I have to assume that a lot of these guys that left early that are hurt are not going to be playing for the Steelers. So, I think it's going to be another skeleton crew. So, I'll assume that Tampa's going to win this game. Yeah, I mean, is there? how could you not pick Tampa at this point? Um, the Steelers haven't shown anything, as we've talked about, to lead you believe that there's any other possible outcome at this point. So until we start seeing improvement, uh, you have to go with – I think it's a no-brainer. I think it's Tampa Bay. Yeah, Steelers go to one and five. And my only – my only for my would be is, is if TJ – I don't know. There's, there's a lot of stuff going on with these injuries and things like that that, you know, you don't know. Did Dulac reported that – New Orleans, he was going to come back after New the bye. Right. But then they said during the broadcast yesterday that the timeline hadn't been changed and that he could be played this week. So, you know, I, I don't know what the hell is going on with some of these guys. Yeah, I don't know. We'll see. Obviously, if TJ's there, it'll help. But, um, I th- like I said, until we see the Steeler team start to make strides, until we see the playmakers step up and start making plays, uh, how can you pick them? I mean, you just can't. So, Tampa Bay. Um Game of the well, there's two other great games this weekend. We'll start with the Cowboys and the Eagles. They're at Philly. Great matchup. I don't know if anybody would have expected at the beginning of the season what we're seeing out of Philadelphia and Dallas. Dallas's defense is stout. They have the next great defender on their team, Micah Parsons. 
And the Eagles' offense is just clicking. And I mean, they're, they can't do anything wrong. Jalen Hurts is having an MVP-type season. Um, they're in Philly. This is a divisional, divisional matchup here. Um, I'm going to take Philly. I think they, they can they stay undefeated for one more week. Well, again, I don't know who's the quarterback, but I will, I will preference this. If Cooper Rush is playing – Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm taking that kid. Okay. I like him. That's his name, right? Cooper Rush. Yeah. 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 I, everything I yeah. I get, say Cooper. Cup. Yeah. Yeah. It well, doesn't yeah. feel right. It doesn't feel right to have yeah. say Cooper Rush. It shouldn't. But I I feel like you know he's got something. I like this kid, man. And and uh, if he's the starting quarterback, I like him. If it's Dak, I like Philadelphia big. Okay. Uh, the, you know, Tommy got that game right last week with Dallas and, and the Rams mm-hmm. and uh, Cooper Rush. Stayed out of the way, yeah. which is what he should but, do. I think he threw yeah. for 104 yards. When you got a defense like that, yeah. and, and a running game, they yep. they the yep. Rams knew they were going to run the ball. They ran the ball anyway. That's old school. That's the way we watch football growing up. I'm lining my guys up mm-hmm. against your guys. My guys are going to beat your guys <laughs> physically, and that's what Dallas did. They ran the ball mm-hmm. and they played good defense. They played field position. I, I think even if Dak comes back, I think I think Mike McCarthy stays with this philosophy now mm-hmm. he's not going to let Dak sling the ball over the field I think they're going to keep running the ball and the way their defense is playing I like Dallas this week regardless of who the quarterback is all right excellent the other game uh the game of the week on the AFC side uh is Bills Chiefs in Kansas City well Tommy likes to talk about short weeks it's a short week for Kansas City as they're playing tonight but it's it's still six six days right. Uh, Buffalo going to Kansas City with Buffalo's defense being banged up like they are and the way Patrick Mahomes plays point guard. I don't call it quarterback anymore. I call it point guard. Um, he's the best point guard in the NFL right now. And I, I think Kansas City wins this game, and it's going to be high scoring for sure. But I like Kansas City in that game. Well, I'm going to say Buffalo is going to win this game because that's what Buffalo does, win meaningless games. I hate – I've really come to hate this franchise. You know, I, I watched them yesterday. I've watched them early on this year. They walk around like they invented football. And they win a lot of games and they put a lot of points on, but they ain't won a gosh darn thing that has meant anything. So I'll predict now that the Bills win this game and the Chiefs beat them in January when it matters. Interesting. Um, I'm going to take the Chiefs in this one as well. Um on both sides of the ball, they're really they're starting to click. They're the Kansas City team we expected them to be. And Kansas they're at City, home. Kansas City's drafted a lot of defensive oh, yeah. players, yeah. And, and their defense is markedly better than it was uh, two years ago. And their offensive line's better. Right. They're running yes. the ball much effectively. more effectively. Yeah, they don't run it more, but they're running it more effectively. Yeah, and they have Hilaire and Pacheco running the ball. Well, Pacheco, how about yeah. that? Five? Isaiah Pacheco. Isaiah Pacheco. Rutgers? Rutgers. Rutgers, wow. Seventh round Actually, pick. a good player coming that's up at Rutgers. What, that's what good teams do. Right? Yeah. I mean, they're they making the most of all their draft picks. They do, and they, that's what the Chiefs have done. I'd like the Chiefs at home to take out the Bills. All right, so we had a debacle on, on Sunday, and we almost had a calamity on Saturday with Pitt. They're at home. They're, they're hosting Virginia Tech. To my mind, the worst team in the ACC, hands down. Um you know, this is a huge rebuild for Brent Pry coming from Penn State. And that's what you saw Saturday. I mean, there, there's just bereft of talent. Uh, this is definitely not a Frank Beamer, Virginia Tech team, to say the least. Uh, but Pitt let them hang around for four quarters. In the fourth quarter, uh, they wore them down yeah, because they, they had yeah, more right. talent. 
yeah, ultimately the talent won out, thankfully. Uh, and, you know, this game was all about Izzy. We're seeing what Pitt is, and they're a running team, and specifically with Abanacanda. That's who they are. Uh, they're not a good passing team. They, For whatever reason, that's not clicking. I have some thoughts there that I'll keep to myself. But um, this, if, if Pitt can run on you, they have a shot to win, and we saw that Saturday. Uh, if you shut down the run, and I got it, they're going to be the easiest team to coach against moving forward. You put seven, eight guys in the box and let the passing game beat you. But uh, Izzy's – I mean, what a special game. You can't say enough about that. He broke Tony Dorsett's record uh, for most rushing yards in a game. Six touchdowns, set a record. I mean, it's just crazy. I mean, he put the team on his back and won that game for Pitt on Saturday. Plain and simple, end of story. Offensive line, certainly tip of the cap to them for opening up some huge holes. Um, But Izzy, man, I didn't realize he had that gear to him. I mean, he gets out into the secondary. he's, He's gone. Oh, yeah. See ya. Yeah. And I'll say this because, I mean, you two have a relationship with Nick. You guys know him. But I will say this because I don't have a relationship with Nick. I'm just mm-hmm. looking at this from an outsider's perspective. If this is the offense that you're going to run, then Nick Patty should be the quarterback. Mm-hmm. Because Slovis is whatever he's going through. I don't know what it is. He looks shell-shocked. He looks to me like Mitch Trubisky did, where he won't throw the ball. Mm-hmm. Everything he does is a hesitation. And he's no threat to run the ball. So if you're going to go with the running offense, then go with it. Have a quarterback who's an athlete that can actually run the ball, and you can do some things, play action, you know, the RPOs and things like that that Slovis isn't going to do. And so if you're going to commit yep. to this offense and this is what you want to do, that's fine. But you need to make the change. And I know Nick hasn't been healthy. Did he's he dress? Back. He did, did he dress? He's back. Okay, he 100%. dressed the Wake Forest, so that's good. 100%. So that means that he should be 100% healthy coming out of the, the bye yep. and things like that. Um you know, I think you got to seriously look at it because this offense is just um, a shell of itself. Right. And then, you know, maybe you can answer this, Mark. There was a lot of guys that didn't dress for this game, mm-hmm. and there's a lot of murmurs behind the scene. Is there? Are these guys all in with this? Kenta, Rodney yeah, yeah. Hammond. There are guys that Rodney they seem just to have just right. fallen off a cliff. That are you know that you know I was watching the pregame and. You know, I was watching Chris Peak mm-hmm. and Panther Lair, and, mm-hmm. and he was giving the updates, and it was this guy's out, this guy's out, this guy's out, and I don't think all of them were hurt. So I just there's got some to, rumors little, flying that I'm there was some, questionable yeah, some, some suspensions uh, prior to this game for whatever it may have been, um, and we'll talk about that. You know, in contrast to their uh, compadres uh, that play at the Peterson Event Center, discipline's a good thing, uh, and you need it within a program, and I think. You, from what I can gather, a couple of players were suspended. Rodney was still the injury. They just held him out. They want him to be healthy. But he's dressed, though. Broken ankle. Um, but he's dressed, right? He, he was dressed. He took warm-ups. Yeah, he did. But I think they ultimately just decided seemed, just to – It just seems weird. Yeah. I don't know. Um, but I did hear that there were pro- a few others that were suspended. Um, and but, here's the thing. Narduzzi could nip all that in the bud just by coming out and saying it. I mean, yeah. What are we guessing about? What yeah, we, right. What's I the, mean, uh, what's the secret here? It's another we, idiosyncrasy with Pat Narduzzi. It's just like, dude, just so people don't speculate. Yeah, that will prevent you and I sitting here and talking about. Because hey, was, was Mumfield suspended or was this kid suspended? That was the first quarter on. You know, I know Twitter is a cesspool, but I mean, that was the first quarter of that I was. You know, as I'm watching the game, the people are talking about. Why isn't this guy playing? Mm-hmm. I didn't know this guy was hurt. Is he? Right. Is this guy still with the team? Is he mm-hmm. still with the team? Right. You know all this kind of stuff. And, you know, and it takes away from. 
It does. And, and if it's going on out here, it's got to be going on in there. Right. It, it just all has, has to, to be. say. It just has Look, to be. We're dealing with you know an issue with insert player name here. It's not an injury. It, other issue. And, Done. And it, and it took a superhuman effort by one player yep. to win that game with the help mm-hmm. of his offensive line, I'm sure he would say. Yep. Um, you just can't win in big-time college football like that. You just can't. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, Against I, a terrible team. Oh, yeah, well, that's what I said. I mean, that's terrible. the worst team in the ACC. They're bad. Hands down. I, I was at the game. Mm-hmm. And, and, yeah, it, unfortunately, it, it just – they look lethargic. They look well, they look dysfunctional on both sides of the football. Defensively, they're not getting after the quarterback. Mm-hmm. The secondary has not played well. They can't throw the ball. It, it, and like we said with the Steelers, does a zebra at some point, they don't change their stripes. You, if you're a zebra, you're a zebra, right? Mm-hmm. This is what you are. I mean, now we're six weeks into the college season, five weeks into the NFL. This is who you are. I don't see it changing. Yep. And you're right. Tom said a superhuman effort by Izzy, and yet Virginia Tech was still there early in the fourth quarter. They just got worn down. Otherwise, mm-hmm. this outcome could have been completely yep. different. We're talking about a 3-3 three and three team, and we're talking about guys sitting out. At the end of this year, not only do we – Tom mentioned this before on a podcast. We got like 26-year seniors, a bunch of fifth-year seniors – and you're going to see a bunch of guys leaving this program. I, I, you can mark it on your calendar. As soon as you, the transfer portal opens up, mm-hmm. you're going to see a mass ex- exodus from this team. And then you're stuck with this coach who has like a seven-year contract now. Right. And tell me, is there something going on here? Is there something behind the scenes? If you haven't seen the video after the game where they sing the pit fight song in the locker room, right? And they're toasting Izzy. He's in the middle of it. Players are going nuts. Everybody, you get Nick, Chris Maloney, guys that didn't even play much in the game. They're going, their arms are up in the air. Fight, pit, fight. They're throwing. Pay attention to one Mr. Keaton Slovis during that video. And if anybody out there can tell me this guy's in it, you're fooling yourself. I mean, that spoke volumes to me. This is a kid, and I got ridiculed on Panther Lair because I put, look, I'm a pit guy. First and foremost, I'm a pit guy. That's my school. I love my school. Slovis isn't a pit guy. It doesn't mean anything to him to put on that jersey. Whereas for most of those kids, it does. Right? That's special. It's not like if I ever you know, had the opportunity to put on the pit jersey and play for that my school, that would mean something. It means nothing to him. He's a hired gun. That's he it. came here as a hired gun. Yeah, and, and he I has have no an issue, issue with, with that. school or the city. He's here supposedly to develop himself into an NFL quarterback. Good luck with that. That's not going to happen. That's why he came here. It wasn't about the team or the program or the city. It was about himself. And and you've seen it in the video. You sent it to me, and Mm -hmm. I watched it. He's standing in the background like, totally when is is this over and I can change my He's not part of the team, and he's wearing the C. So you see where I'm coming from here, Tom. There are issues. And if you add put two and two together, you're going to get four in this case. Well, unfortunately for you, Mark, and, and I know, Michael, you both are diehard college football player, fans. That's the problem with college football. You know, just a sidebar very quickly, I collect college helmets from professional athletes. When I get them, when I get when I used to get autographs, I don't do it anymore, but when I would get autographs, I would always get them to sign college helmets because when they were in the NFL, you know, they changed teams or whatever. You know, you get – you know, somebody to sign a Steeler helmet, and the next week they're playing for the Cowboys. Mm-hmm. Well, well, now you can do that in college. That's the way. Two right. college helmets. Well, that's, yeah. that's what I'm getting yeah. to. But 
when I when I when I had Ryan Clark and I had Heinz Ward sign their their mm-hmm. colleges, man, they were out of a thousand autographs they signed when they saw their LSU helmet sit down for Ryan Clark or Heinz Ward for Georgia, man, they piped up. Yeah, that's my squad. Thank mm-hmm. you so much. What number was I? You know, Heinz Ward said, "What number was I?" I said, nineteen. I you know. <laughs> so you know, there was pride in that. Well, what's happening in college football is is that these guys are playing for three and four or five colleges now. They're just like professionals. It's ruining the this is my school kind of thing. And the Slovises of the world are they going to be the norm? The the Nick Patties and the guys that bleed for college football or the school that they go to are going to be. One right, in a the They're going to be the unicorn. exception. Yeah, yeah. They're going to well, be the difference guys. These no. these hired guns that just, you know, I didn't get to play here, so I'm going to transfer yeah, right. here. You know, I mean, it's. I'll add this to this. Yeah, you're right. You can have a hired gun. USC has a hired gun, and Caleb mm-hmm. Williams, he's really good. Slovis sucks. There's a difference. <laughs> if I'm going to have a hired gun, I want the best gunslinger. Right, right. I don't want the guy with the pop gun. <laughs> I want the guy with the you know the Colt right. 45. I want the guy that's able to get the job done. So I'd, if you're going to give me a higher gun, give me Caleb Williams, not right. this turd. Yeah. No, I agree. And, and the fact, listen, body language is everything. And you watch that oh. video. And if you haven't watched it and you're listening, just search it. It's out there. And you tell me this is a kid who's invested in this program. And that's where I take issue. And that's what's happening. Listen, it's got. you don't think the players see that? All the, it, it, Jay Cradle's been here from, he was, since he was 17, 18. Nick, all these dudes. Right, this is their school. They still like a Hines and, and, and Ryan Clark and Dion when he talks about Florida State. They, that's their school, and that means something. You can still but, be a hired gun, though, Mark. You can yeah. still be a hired gun and still be invested in the school. You could, yeah. He has no interest None. in being. You can here. see None. it. You can. You're right. You, you can, can see, see it. His, his body language on yep. the field, and obviously, he's not invested right. in the community off the field. You can get invested. Right. How about be a good teammate? Your boy just said the all-time pit rushing record, be happy for him. Even if you're pouting because you didn't throw the ball enough, whatever it may have been. No, 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 no. We've all been in locker rooms. You can't do that. You're a teammate. And he was not a teammate after that game. I'm sorry, period, the end. And yes, that I I believe, and I don't know for sure, there's a little speculation here on my part, but I believe there's some major issues in that locker room as a result. So, keep moving. um, The other pit team, we got to talk about this. Can't go a year without a pit basketball player getting in trouble. And this is becoming a major issue for Jeff Capel. This is now, if you haven't heard the news, I'm sure Dior Johnson, charges filed against him, aggravated assault, which is a felony. Uh, if you read the police report, uh, supposedly you know, innocent until proven guilty now, so we want to make that clear. Um, he beat up, I don't know if it was his girlfriend or what it was. Um, and uh, charges were filed. Now he's indefinitely suspended. So he joins Theo Horton, who punched a cop, and uh, John Hughley, who stole a car. So three guys in a little under two years, charges filed against them, pit basketball players. I Once again, we go back to what we were just talking about. That's your school. That's embarrassing. You do not want that reflecting upon your school. And if we think back, you guys will both remember this, a big reason at the time they fired Dave Wanstead was because of the off-the-field issues he was having. Um, hello, Heather. Yeah, she doesn't seem to get it uh, with, with your two most important sports programs at your school. you got basketball and obviously football's king. 
those two generate all the revenue for the other programs. She hasn't gotten this done yet. How, and here's the thing I was thinking about. Jeff Capel, I was always thinking, you know, if you even think just those three guys that were in legal trouble, but we can go back to Xavier Johnson, mm-hmm. Trey McCowns, Audis Tony. Mm-hmm. It's about character. And I always wondered, like, people with good character are drawn to people with good character. People with questionable character seem to be drawn to people that have questionable character. So which is capable? I don't know him personally, right. but this th- this isn't a one-off. This is, seems to be a trend with the programs that mm-hmm. he coaches. It happened at Oklahoma when he was there. You know, there was a scandal mm-hmm. there, and then he wound up going back to Shashevsky. Uh, I'm wondering if it's if it's who he is as a person. This is these are the kind of people he's drawn to. I mean, again, you guys are you guys are a little closer than I am to this kind of thing, but. You know, speaking as, you know, when I was when coaching or things like that, what it seems to me is, is that, you know, Dior Johnson was mm-hmm. a four star recruit, right? Mm-hmm. Well, I don't, see, kid. Highest I, recruit. I don't see any other four star recruits beating down Capel's door. And I think, you know, what Capel's doing is, all right, I can't get the good guys that are good players that are good character guys. I need to save my job. This guy's got talent. I'll take a shot. And I feel like he's been doing that for a while. That there's every time I see a recruit sign with him for the last few years, it seems like, yes, he's a high this or yes, he's this, but. And then there's a paragraph mm-hmm. about off the field issues, character issues, problems in schools, committed to three or four other schools before he came, before he landed on this one. I think Capel's a little desperate to try to save his career here and try to save his coaching career mm-hmm. because, really, I don't think there's going to be anybody beating down his door when Pitt fires him, which right. will happen. Um, you know, yeah, I think at this point they have to be able to get him for cause because right? they're not going to buy him out. They're not going to buy him out. They don't have the money. You can't keep coming up with millions of dollars to buy out these coaches. There's got to be a clause in his contract. Everybody this is, else I mean, seems to be yeah, doing it. right? I mean, I mean, honest to God. It's just three guys in two years. Well, and the crazy part this is about, a trend. This is these aren't outliers. This well, has become a trend. Well, this is the thing. I mean, this happened a month ago. Mm-hmm. Pitt didn't know about it. He's been playing and part of the program for the last month. I mean, Pitt. When you're talking about a, a, a Power Five basketball program, you mean to tell me that somehow that Capel or somebody around her didn't know that this happened, and. To go a month, and then the worst part, the, the report comes out, and somebody from inside Pitt told, you know, again, Chris Pika Panther there, mm-hmm. it's the wrong D, it's not him. And there was a report that he carried oh, wow. for hours saying that it was not, that was a different name kid. And then people were like, wait a minute, he has the same name, the same, same birthday, right, and the right. same age as the guy that plays for right. Pitt, and you're telling me it's not him? And there was about, what, two or three hours of speculation, of back and forth, people saying, no, Pitt's saying it's not him. And then finally, wow. I mean, you want to just talk about lack of control. Yeah. I mean, I don't know what cause is to get out of a contract, but if this ain't it, holy hell. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, they were the team that shall not be named, if you remember, last year, and I think they're going to go back to that uh, until a change is made because this is this awful. On the court, off the court now, they're just in total shambles. Well, losers, no hope. Thing. But having players that are constantly breaking the law and beating up women and this, stuff like that, that's yeah. this is I got most, nothing. I got nothing for that. This yeah. is the most serious of all yes. the charges. I mean, you know, Ethiel Horton, yeah, okay, punch, they might have punched a cop, whatever happened there. Ugly, you know, he took his medicine. Right. He mm-hmm. stayed at school. You know, he kept going to class. And listen, he didn't. He did the wrong thing. 
But this, if this is true about the Or Johnson, yeah, disgusting. He's, he's going to the- go to jail for a really long time. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, he he'll be he'll definitely be the best point guard in the uh, the Pennsylvania penal league. That's for sure. I mean, it's disgusting. And, and that's a great word to describe it. Uh, let's move on from a team that's about to start to a team that has ended. Season's over. Uh, we're going to start the next two weeks. We're going to do a recap of the Pirate season. Uh, we're going to start this week God, with. A, why do we hate? Yeah, do we hate yeah. ourselves. Okay. Right. Seriously, we went from can we talk about something positive? And we had the Steelers. Steelers, Pitt right. basketball, Pirates. Wow, God. we're getting there. We're getting we, there. We, we haven't had anything positive yet today. No, Jesus we really haven't. It's been Lord. it's been pretty down. Apologize to everybody out there. And what's today? Uh, world Nash. It's World uh, Mental Health Day too. So oh, this is probably probably shouldn't be this until at least tomorrow for sure. You know, it, it's depressing right now in Pittsburgh. If you're any a Pittsburgh sports fan, that's for sure. Um, but let's do a pirate recap. I mean, listen, another hundred last season, as we know, two in a row. Um, but there are some signs, and we've talked all year. We wanted to see some development. We wanted to have some pieces in place for next year, Tommy, to steal your line that we could write in pen in the lineup. And Michael, so let's start with pitching. Do we yeah. have any? No, let's we, talk about we, that. Listen, the, the silver lining was that the, the pitchers that we had coming through the system, and then the, the couple pitchers that we had already on the staff developed and stayed healthy for the whole season. Brew Baker had a little hiccup right. there, and then he, he threw. I think the next the last next game, game he yep. only threw three and a third or something. You know, you got Rosny Contreras, and obviously you got Mitch Keller. Mitch Keller. Had a season solid year. That basically saved his career. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We would all agree with that. I yeah, mean, as, as bad as he was pitching, yeah. yeah, he's figured out who he is, and mm-hmm. now he knows how to attack hitters. Uh, Contreras looked like he got tired towards the end of the season. The velocity was down, but yet he finished the season and finished it healthy. And I know we 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 come from the old school thinking, why are we saving pitchers or? hiding them for this. And the Pirates might have had other reasons with Contreras as far as, you know, uh, being eligible for arbitration. But I understood why they were doing it because he hadn't pitched much in the minors. Obviously, we had the strike shortened season that, to me, still doesn't count. And so they didn't pitch at all that year. So he had some development. Brubaker, to me, he, he his stuff moves so much. He walks too many hitters, but I think he could be a solid four or five starter. And and you might see an upside of a third starter at some point. We got a bunch of threes and maybe a two. Was it Ortiz? With, with, which well, we haven't even talked and about. Ortiz, him. Yeah. And those are the three that were here. And then you got Luis Ortiz, who's going to start the season in the minors, as he should. You got Mike Burroughs coming. Mm-hmm. And you got Quinn Priest. Priester, who's going to be probably with Triple A, and he'll probably mm-hmm. be here by June. So we're starting to add some depth to the starting rotation. Now, you want to talk about the bullpen. We <laughs> Here's the negative talk again, guys. Sorry, can't get talk. away with the it. The positive was can't the starting pitching it. was pretty solid, especially after the All-Star break. Mm-hmm. The bullpen went completely the opposite way. And I'm not sure other than Bednar, and you guys can chime mm-hmm. in on this when I'm done here. Other than Bednar, is it may be Will Crow. If they put him in the right, right spot, they had him as a long reliever. They had him as a closer. They had him as a setup man. He pitched in 78 games. Uh, they got to find a role that suits him to maximize his abilities. Right. But other than those two, do you guys see another bullpen piece that possibly that's already on the roster that, that has, as you would say, put in pen? Uh, in pen, no. Um, De Los Santos, before he got hurt, was a guy that had was intrigued me. Uh, Holderman, the guy they got in, the, in the deadline yeah. for uh, the softball player. Um, 
he is an intriguing. I mean, they have some pieces that you know, are, you possibly, know, yeah, yeah, possibly that are in that mix, um, but nobody that other than Bednar and and who knows with Bednar, as you can see. People talked about you know relievers and how volatile they are. Mm-hmm. He looked lights out at the all to the All Star game, and then the second half he fell off a cliff. Got hurt. Um, got hurt. Out. You yeah. know, didn't look the same. Um, I get that he's a Pittsburgh kid and he comes out to Renegade. That's great. Um, but you know, bottom line is you're trying to build an organization, and I don't know that he's going to be back. Maybe he's the guy. I, I I feel like there's still some maneuvering to be had with this team. Uh, Know, Reynolds and Bednar. Well, they you know they were talked about at the deadline. They didn't move them. Will they move them now? You know, in this offseason. So you know, who knows? Yeah, so. No, it's going to be fascinating. I agree. I don't think there's any pieces in that bullpen uh, right now. I think that's going to be a main focus of uh, Charrington in the offseason is he's got to build up that bullpen and get some arms back there for sure. Um, and it wouldn't shock me if Bednar was was moved. It really wouldn't. Um, well, you said it. Be, I mean, why, why do you have a closer when you don't have anything right, to close? close right. Like that's the last well, piece and that I, you fit into a to, winner, right? And and I think if you can get a piece for him, why not move him? And you and, don't just keep him because, he, like Tommy said, he's a Pittsburgh guy. Right. It, it, it's not about that. No. And we've we've heard people talking on Twitter. Oh, we let go of Adam Frazier. Really? Really? You're right. Well, and Bender, look, he's got some great stuff. He was hurt. I get it. Um, but he's replaceable. That's the thing about relief pitchers. That I'm okay. It's all about your starting pitching, and, and they've done a nice job. Credit where credit's due, Oscar Marine, um, for developing some of these guys this year. And, you know, that let's get that solidified, and then we can worry about the bullpen. Because, I, I mean, they're like, yeah, you can get bullpen arms anywhere. But I will say this, though, to, to your point, Michael, what you just said about why do we have a closer if we never win? Well, if you're gonna if you're gonna go into next season and you feel like you have a legitimate young starting rotation, you have to start finishing games for these guys. There's too many times this year, especially in the second half of the season, when your starting pitcher gave you a chance to win a game. And the bullpen bullpen absolutely just came out and just lit the field on fire. So Dwayne Underwood's on this staff next year. That guy. Yeah. I, I will not I'm done. Well, and, and, and the other thing is, to, you always have to look at it from this perspective, relief pitching, that's that quality relief pitching, and I'm not talking about stud closers. I'm talking about fifth, sixth, seventh inning guys. They're not expensive. Right. So if you want a cheap way, which is what this organization always does, to improve your team and you think you've got the pieces at the starting pitching and that are young and that are cheap, spend some money on your fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth inning guys and solidify that so that yep. when you have a young kid that comes out and pitches you five or six innings, you have a bullpen mm-hmm. that can get it to the end of the game instead of pissing away leads, which they did a lot yeah. in the second half of the season. Give these kids a chance to feel what it feels like to win. You know, yep. it's yep. a it, it's an it's a talent. We've talked about this before. You know, uh, you got to learn. Winning is an ability. You to be able to get over that hump. There are winners. Right. You have to learn that a capability, and you can't keep teaching these kids to lose, right? You know, or letting them go out and busting their ass and then not get anything for them, right? No, I agree. I think that's a great point, and we'll see. Like I said, I think that's going to be a main focus for Charrington this off season is to solidify the the bullpen, and I think it's going to be through trade. Sure, yeah. I, I looked at the free agent market okay. uh, last week. Why I don't know, but I did. There's nothing out there. From relievers? Yeah. Middle yeah, guys? Yeah, there's nothing. Like that, most of these guys are usually guys you, I never heard of. Yeah, right. and most of the ones that are good are 34, 35, 35 36. Right. The ones that are going to want to play for contenders. I think if they do it, 
like they did with Vogelbach for the Holderman right. trade. Mm -hmm. I think you're going to have to see more of that. Like we got we got some pieces to trade away. You can get young relievers that are quality relievers for the same price that you would get one of those free agent guys. So I think you're going to see it more through trades. They might sign a reliever or two, but I, I don't think they're going to get – I looked at the relievers, and, and the starting pitching is the same thing. I, there's a couple guys – I talked to Tommy about this last week. I, I think a good fit would be a guy like Sean Maniah. Mm -hmm. um, he, he's not coming off a great season. But if he happens to have a good playoff run here with San Diego, mm -hmm. he's going to be off the market pretty quick. But as somebody is a fifth starter, I can see them signing or maybe two starters, but the relief pool looks pretty weak this year so far. Yeah. So, Yeah, I agree. And so you mentioned Brian Reynolds, Tom. We'll talk about him next week. We're going to recap the position players next week, and we'll have a little discussion on whether or not we think he'll be back. Uh, I personally think he serves no purpose. I think they have a plethora of outfielders that are ready to play at the major league level. Um, you know, Reynolds salvaged the season this year, but we'll see. But we'll talk about that next week. Right now, though, let's talk about the teams that actually had a good season and those teams that are still alive in the Major League Baseball playoffs. Michael, why don't you get us started? Yeah, Tommy and I talked last uh, Friday, and he I, I, he likes the format. I like the new format. Yeah, I do, you too. Know? Yeah. I mean, listen, if you have the team with the better record, right, they're going to play their games at home. Mm -hmm. And you're not going one here, one there, yeah, one back. Not. No, you're playing all three. They deserve to get the yep. home field advantage. Um, did it work out for every team? Obviously not. <laughs> San Diego shocked the Mets. Uh, you know, Degrom wasn't great. Scherzer was terrible on Friday. Was he first second pitcher ever to give up four home runs right. in, in one game yeah. in the playoffs? Uh, so, you know, you got Cleveland, who I think is going to give the uh, the Yankees a real fit. I think that's the upset of the playoffs. I, I I think Cleveland can beat the Yankees. I think they got the way their roster set up. They got great pitching, great defense, and they put the ball in play. I, I, if you're going to watch a series, I think that one's going to go down to the wire. I, for me, I think Houston's going to handle Seattle pretty easily. Their pitching is just way too good. Uh, who else we got? We got the uh, Phillies at Phillies at the Braves. Phillies at the Braves. I think the Braves. I think uh, to me, if we're looking at the I playoffs, yep. I think the Braves are the team to beat yep. in the in National League, and I think the Astros are the team to beat in the American League. Um, I think the Dodgers are going to be the team left out in the cold this year. I, I think they'll beat San Diego, but I don't think they can beat Atlanta. Yeah, I mean, I, like I told Mike, Michael when we were talking on Friday, I mean, I, I outside of a Pirate game, I, I probably watched, I don't know, three innings on accident because I turned on the channel and I fell asleep all year of Major League Baseball. And, um, you know, Friday at noon, here I am sitting at home, you know, watching the, watching the playoffs. I mean mm – -hmm. I like the format. I wish it was around in what was that, fourteen and fifteen. So you know, Arietta and Baumgartner, right, right. That would have been nice. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, for the Pirates, they would have maybe had a chance to uh, to advance. But um, I like it. The only thing I'm still waiting to see now, we won't notice now for a little while, is the the guys, the teams that that earned the buys. What this does to them. I mean, mm -hmm. yes, they get a chance to set up the rotation. Six day layoff. But mm -hmm. that's a long layoff yep. in the middle of a baseball season. And uh, I'm just curious to see what that does for those teams. You know, um, uh, I would assume. So when does it start? Tuesday tomorrow. night? In, in, no. yeah, to all, all, all games, games tomorrow. tomorrow. Okay. So if you were, if you started your ace in game one Friday night, can they they can't pitch game one, so they'll probably pitch game two. So you're right. so if you're the team advancing, if mm -hmm. you plan to play in the wild card, you don't get the chance. Now this is only this is only best of five, right? I believe so. So you only get to potentially mm -hmm. throw your ace 
one Once. time, mm-hmm. whereas the team with the bye is going to get a chance to throw it twice. So I, I'm just curious to see that right. that yeah. scenario. It's an interesting dynamic. How does yeah. that all play yeah. out? Well, it, it, like it, it, it's, it's playing out tomorrow. you got uh, Cal Quantrill against Garrett Cole. If this was the first game of the playoffs without the wild card, it would have been Shane Bieber against mm-hmm. Garrett Cole. Well, but they would. Uh, what I'm curious is though is the is the one day is the one is the is how this will set up because Bieber would have played would have pitched the wild card in the one game playoff. If they right. would have won the mm-hmm. one game playoff, they would have went. So Bieber might not have been able to pitch in, in all in advancing in that series. Um, and there just been a one game, so that's what I'm saying. I'm, I'm curious to see how this all plays out. How this all plays out and stuff. So. But I liked it. I mean, you know, you went Friday night. You have the TV pretty much to yourself. Mm-hmm. Some of us watch SmackDown Friday night uh, <laughs> or wrestling. Um, but I mean, you have the you have the you have the world pretty much to yourself Friday night, um, and then you're competing Saturday and Sunday with Co- college right. football. And, and but I mean, I was surprised. I mean, ESPN carrying the game Saturday, mm-hmm. no college football. Um, you know, for parts of the day. Uh, I'm curious to see what the numbers do and things like that. Yeah, but time will tell. I, I think we have some good matchups, that are very intriguing matchups. Uh, I think there's teams there that people love to root for, and there's people that there's teams there that people love to root against. Uh, Dodgers. Um, so we'll see. Uh, we'll provide an update next week on the podcast. So speaking of playoffs, we're getting ready to get started here in the NHL. Thank Tommy. God. Yes. Tommy, will the Penguins make the playoffs again this year? Wow, that's a given. Yeah, of course it is. I mean, it was a nice two weeks off that they got, which <laughs> right. is what I'm like, you know. Feels like two minutes. To <laughs> yeah. 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 You know, who's cotton? Uh, it's crazy that we're back at it again. But, uh, yeah, I mean, this is probably the easiest preview of any professional team that there is in fo- in any professional sport. Um, if you watched the end of the season last year, um, the Pirates or the Penguins returned 11 of the 12 forwards at the end of the year last year. They returned the same two goaltenders. Right. Um, so, I mean, that way, I mean, and, and it's 11 for 11. You know, mm-hmm. they literally are returning the top 11 the forwards forward. at the yep. end of the year. They're, they're returning the same two goaltenders. They're just adding Josh Archibald to the fourth line. Yeah. And uh, Ryan Poling, who they got in the right. Matheson Petrie deal. Right. Um, some of the young kids, are, you know, like Drew O'Connor, Sam Poulin, uh, they were hoping maybe – Poulin you know, had a great showing in camp. Yes. He opened up some eyes for sure and and definitely turned some opinions uh, well, Poul, from staff his way. Poulin, who is the right. center that they got from Montreal, and Poulin, their draft pick from a few years ago, um, added a little intrigue on their center depth. I wouldn't be surprised to see – uh, someone like a Teddy Bluger or somebody like mm-hmm. that potentially get traded early on in the year because they're up against cap hell. They're starting uh, yep. basically a man down. So in the NHL, you're allowed to have 23 players, uh, and then you dress 20 for a game. So a 23 is the max roster, and then you scratch three guys. Usually the Penguins have three guys that they scratch. Mm-hmm. So this year they can only carry 22 because of the salary cap. So they're going to have an extra forward and one extra defenseman. But – if somebody's hurt beyond that, if two forwards are hurt or two defensemen are hurt, they do not have the salary cap to recall anybody. So they're going to be struggling a little bit in the early. So I still think there's going to be some roster maneuvering, maybe yeah. a name you yeah, recognize. It's not, right. It's not over yet. Yeah, and let's not forget, we are six months from the start of the playoffs. Right. <laughs> so, um, um, But the interesting part, if you're, if you're a Penguin fan to watch, is on the defense. Um, they added Jeff Petrie. Who is? They're going to partner with uh, a Chris, Patterson. I hate to say it, he's 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 a Chris Letang light in the way that he plays. He is more offensive than defensive. 
He is an offensive. He can shoot the puck. He can he can play on the power play. But he's a little bit bigger. He's a little bit physical. And Jan Ruda, who was a staple for the Tampa Bay Lightning and their Stanley Cup runs, he's going to be on the third pair. Um, I like what he brings to the table with he, two, TBD. Yeah, that's the most intriguing position right now. Well, with right. them sending with them sending Ty Smith down yesterday, unless something happens, I mean, it's going to be. Yeah, I'm hearing that may not be done yet. Yeah, they want well, him up here. Yeah, they have to be. So um, Monday at five o'clock, which is today, October tenth, right. every team in the NHL has to be cap compliant, which means you have to be underneath. This is the beginning of the season, so you have to have your roster set. So now that they're set. There's some some maneuvering you can do um, salary cap wise, uh, but the problem is is that they don't have flexibility. Anybody that they could move, they're going to have to put on waivers, and they're going to lose them. Right. You know, um, like was Zahorna, yes, who yeah, was subsequently exactly. put on waivers by the Flames. Right. Well, and then you know um, the reason that the, the, the Penguins didn't when so they lost Zahorna, which I was a little surprised on, on yep. that they would that they would make him waiver mm-hmm. or may put him on waivers. The reason that some people, I heard some people chirping yesterday saying, well, why didn't we, he was on waivers again. Why did he go unclaimed? Why didn't we claim him? Because in the NHL system, if Zagorna would have been claimed by the Penguins and somebody after the Penguins would have claimed him, now you just don't know. Right. The Penguins would have had to immediately put Zagorna on the roster and you could not send him down. So that would have blown up an already tight salary cap and you could have lost somebody that you really wanted and he wouldn't have been the guy you could send out. So that's why they didn't claim him again. Um, but uh, the defense is definitely shaking up a little bit. Uh, it's going to be Dumlin and Latang like always. It's going to be uh, it looks like Marcus Pedersen to be paired with Petrie on the second pair. And then it looks like P.O. Joseph to be paired with Jan Ruda. I like what they've done on defense. Mm-hmm. But, again, it's a long season. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Are they going to make the playoffs? Yes. Yeah. Barring something catastrophe. That you know they lose right. Crosby for right. the year, or they lose Jari for the year. Um, I think they're going to make the playoffs, and here we go, here we go. But the what is it, seven months in total, right? The season hockey's eight months. No, it's longer than that. I mean, because let's see, it's, it's October. Ten, it's ten months through June. It's well, I right? mean, they play October through June, but training camp starts oh, right. in September. September. Yeah, so so the season is nine months. It, basically. Literally, the only time hockey months yeah, to yeah. me. But <laughs> literally, the only time hockey's not played is July and so, August. Yeah, it's crazy. Only two months. Crazy. And it's one of the most physically demanding sports there is, and they're out there 10 months a year playing it. Insane. All right, well, yeah, the, the puck drops this week. Penguins open up against the Coyotes. Yeah, it's a strange so, schedule. They, they're only three. They're only home three times in October. Two. Three of their first four games are at home, and then they go on the Western trip, which I hate because it's 10 o'clock yeah. starts in Edmonton yeah. and Calgary. and I'm old. It's hard to stay up that late. But uh, – but yeah, so it's gonna it'll be fun. All like right. always. Now it's on the podcast rundown moving forward. We'll be talking penguins for all you hockey fans. Woo, we got through that. That was a lot this week. Yeah. We we're all over the place. I think Some we positive. covered off. Yeah, there was. The penguins. penguins. Yeah. Yeah. Penguins that was are positive. Good. Thanks for turning around for us, You're Tommy. Welcome. Appreciate You're it. Welcome. All right, factor fiction time. First one. Aaron Judge deserves to be the AL MVP. Michael and I talked about this. Uh, I actually called him and said that I wanted to discuss this yeah. because, you know, this is one of those things where sh- what what Otani is doing, which mm-hmm. was is the other person in in in, in, in uh, are they Anaheim? No, they're Los Angeles. Los now. Angeles. Um, what he's doing out there, pitching and hitting wise, to me is just it, it's unreal. I mean, it really is unreal what he's doing, the numbers that he's putting up. But for me. I don't think you could be the most viable player 
for the league on a team that doesn't make the playoffs. I, I just don't believe that in any sport. If you're that valuable, you should have your team should be in the playoffs. So um, I think Judge is the person that should get it. Um, strictly based on if I think Otani had a better year, but if your mm-hmm. team doesn't make the playoffs, I don't think you could be the MVP of a league. So that's my thoughts. No, I, I I think it's fact that Aaron Judge should be the MVP, and it doesn't take away from what show he's done. I mean, we're talking we've never seen it before. We'll never see it again. Talk about a unicorn. I mean, I mean it's, it's 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 beyond comprehension to be one of the top five pitchers in the league, one of the five best hitters in the league. I don't know how you <laughs> right. even I don't even know how that works. And Tom's right. To me, MVP means most valuable player to your team. If mm-hmm. if Otani was that good and Trout is that good, well, why did they only finish with 10 more wins than the Pirates? I mean, that, that doesn't make any sense. What Judge did this year was – and I know I beat him up a couple weeks ago because I'm sick of people talking about him with the home – he doesn't have the home run record. He, he, he was 11 shy. Great, great season, but he was 11 shy. But he carried the Yankees – offensively the entire year. If you look at the rest of that lineup and the way it's designed, and that's why I think Cleveland's going to beat them, because my man's not going to see a pitch, not one, that he can hit. The The way the rest of their lineup is, is designed, they got problems without him. I mean, they might not have made the playoffs without him. That's how valuable he was. So I think it's a fact that he should win it. Yeah, and the judge thing, you know, we're talking about, which, which drives me crazy is, it's okay just to say he had a really good year. Yeah. It doesn't have to be... Not everything has to be historical. We don't have to and shit on Bond. We, yeah, we have to. Right, yeah. We have to figure out how we can. How can we dilute the last hundred years of baseball to make this one year look great? Yes, he beat Maris. The, and and the, and he what did he finish like twenty? How many home runs was he over second place? Like twenty some home yeah, runs yeah. more than 40, second place. Forty three, I think, was yeah. second. That was Schwarber. Schwarber. Yeah, I mean that's that's incredible. That's a great year. Mm. I mean, and it's a historical year that you that you set the AL record. But I mean, I don't know. I just think they try everything's you know got to be bigger than life. Right. No, and I'm going to say fact and fiction to this. I don't Does he deserve it? Hold on a minute. Well, hold on. Hold on. Hear me out. I don't I, think I, that's allowed. Well, I'll go to the judges after I say it. <laughs> Does he deserve it? Yeah, he had a great year. But do I think he should win it? No. For the reasons Michael and Tommy, you were just saying about Otani. I mean, this dude is a unicorn. He's a freak. And yes, the, the you know the Angels didn't have a, a great season. I get that, but I don't think you can put that all on him. He did everything he possibly could um, to make them a successful team this year, and we're never going to see that again, right? To me, that's the MVP. That, that's then, the most valuable. I mean, he, how so much? so we sh- should we so, change the name of the award to the Best Player Award? Because well, if you're, we're talking you about interpret. Best Player it's, it's, and MVP, MVP, like you said, yeah. Most Valuable Player. It sounds yeah. it, 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 I, to me it's right. the best want, player award. Yeah, if if you want to if you want to change, and the I name think of he it. is without a doubt. Well, is, no question. So he, I think it's semantics a little bit here. So that's why does Aaron Judge deserve it? Yeah, absolutely, he does. Uh, one of the best offensive seasons in Major League Baseball history to go against what you were just saying. But um, Otani's a freak. Like this dude is special. And this is a guy who, if you're not watching, you should because you're never going to see it again. Um, at least I don't think so in our lifetime. Um, so that's why I think he should win it. Judge deserves it, but I think Otani should win it. It's kind of dancing around it, isn't it? Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's a Bob great job. I'm sure you just yeah. confused every listener yeah, right, we have, yeah. but that's great. You know, one thing All about right. Otani that I've never heard mentioned, and I, I'm just curious quickly to see what you two think about it. Do you think that there – 
he would be better at one or the other if he just did one or the other? No, how could he? I mean, well, go hitting ahead. wise, hitting, yeah, yeah, hitting wise, he he, the batting average, yeah, you know. Where did he finish this year? 260, 262. Well above average 30, now. 34 homers. I mean, I mean, we're talking I mean, about a 232 steal. average in now Major they, League Baseball. Now they told him to stop stealing bases. I mean, he right. could he could steal 30, 40 bases if he really wanted to. <laughs> so, but yeah, I, he could be a better uh-huh. hitter. I don't know how he could. Well, maybe he could be a better pitcher too because, I mean, I don't know. But it would be scary <laughs> right. if he just did one or the other is he does both. Incredibly well. well. It's yeah. just, it, 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 you're right. He's not even. He's an alien, not a unicorn. <laughs> but to your point, Mark, what you said, you don't think you ever see it again. I think you're going to start seeing, and the Pirates are already starting to do it a little bit. <laughs> I think they're going to try. Tom, I think you're going to start to as see. Tommy speaks. Michael shaking. His I, head. I know, but I think you're going to start to see teams try it. I'm not saying there's going to be anybody that does. Right. The, the success that he has. Well, he may open some doors. But, to that, yeah, no you're starting to no, see. He, right. he has he, opened he, doors yeah, to it. Yeah. And Bubba Chandler, right. that's the guy we're talking about. The Pirates. Drafted him. They got him away from his Clemson commit because he was going to play quarterback there. They told him, we're going to let you hit. They've done that. He can't hit <laughs> at all. So he's going to be a pitcher. He throws the ball almost 100 miles an hour. Yep. But they're going to let, they're going to feed this probably another year until he has another shitty year at the plate, right. which he's going to have again next year. And then they're going to make him con- – the problem with him is now he he's being pulled both ways, and it's it's he can't refine his pitching right. skills – like a, you will never see another another Otani, not at the major league. Yeah. You might see another guy try it. Yeah, not to the success. But I oh, think no. not major to the league executives, to your point, have, have now have a more open mind to it than they did before, without a doubt. They yeah. have an open mind to it, but there's so much money involved with the, yeah. these arms that they want to make sure that they protect these guys. And like I said, I was rooting for Bubba Chandler to be able to do both. And he just can't. It's just not going to be able to. Well, when you make – always remember, Michael, and both of you, when you when you get to the root of all this stuff, it's about money. Always oh, follow yeah, the money. Yes. They're getting Otani for $30 million. Yeah. He's a $30 million pitcher, and yeah. he's a $30 million hitter. That's a $60 million value that you're getting for $30 million. Yeah. That's why there will be teams that continue to well, try to do it. Well, they're going to try to do because it. Because they're saving money. Right. They're yeah. gonna, they're, you're saving money, but if you bring up Bubba Chandler, he hits 167. Or yeah. uh, he's I mean, the one I'm I know just, of. Yeah, because, because right. I, you know, God forbid, if the Pirates find a way to get a two-for-one, right. holy <laughs> hell, they're in it. You right. know, oh, yeah. They might they're just up. let him do both. Yeah. Right. He'll yeah. hit like Sammy yeah. Khalifa and pitch like, yeah. you know, right. Joe Jabroni. Right. Yeah. yeah. Oh, Anyway, all right. Fact or fiction, question two. The Steelers will score a touchdown this week against one of the best defenses in football, the Tampa Bay Bucks. Michael, I'll let you answer. That, that's that's a, your team. That's a fact. Uh, the, the Steelers will score a touchdown this week. Uh, it's not going to happen. You said it that quickly. No, I, I, I they're, they're definitely going to score a touchdown this week. They're at home. They're they're going to score a touchdown. It's not going to help, but yeah, I I, I think they're definitely going to score. Yeah, I'll say. Wait, was the question? They, they will score. A they touchdown. will score. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So fact. Yeah, I'm going to agree too. Too. I, I think. Uh, I've seen. I, I think Kenny's. I think there's something with Kenny. Yeah. I really do. I, I like Kenny so far, and I think after last week, I think they're going to put some points on the board. I had to think long and hard about this after I came up with it. I'll, I think they will as well. At some point, it's the law of averages, right? You got to score a touchdown eventually. Um, and, oh, you and, said touchdown for the Steelers. I thought yeah, the Steelers offense score was, a touchdown. Uh, I thought the Steelers were going to score a touchdown for the Buccaneers. That's definitely going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> so I say fact. They, they will score a touchdown this week. It may only be one, but I think they score one. And then finally, the news of the day today that broke a little earlier before we started uh, recording the podcast. 
Matt Rule was fired as head coach of the Carolina Panthers. We knew it was coming. No surprise there. Um, fact or fiction question is, will Matt Rule be the, the, the Arizona State head coach by the end of the week? Well, I don't know, but I can promise you that David Tepper, the, Arizona, yeah. or the Carolina owner, yeah. fired him now with all these college openings, hoping that somebody will right. gobble up him and take right. away some of that money they owe him. Because I think I saw the $40 million, yeah. I think they owe him. Uh, so he's going to be back in college. I have no idea if Arizona – Great college coach. Oh, yeah. He's another he's gonna be example. Back in, just didn't translate. Yeah, he's absolutely going to be back in college. And and I was reading um, – I think it was uh, Jason Locke and Four wrote that um, he passed up a lot of high-money college jobs mm. last offseason mm. to go back, to come back to Carolina this year. And uh, so there's absolutely no doubt he's going to be back in college football. It's just a matter of where. So Arizona State, I'm going to say fiction because there has to be better programs out there than that. Uh, I, I think it's fact he's going to be a head coach in college real soon. Mm-hmm. Could be before the end of the year. Now, he won't take over the program, right. but he'll be involved in what's going forward. Uh, could it be Arizona State? They'd be stupid not to hire him. I mean, look what he did where he was in college. I mean, everywhere, you know, everywhere yeah. he went. And he took over some real doormats mm-hmm. and turned them into national contenders. Arizona State's hungry for a, a winner. And if you're going to pick a guy that can turn a program around, Matt Rule's your guy. So I think it's fact. Now, like, like Tommy said, I don't know for a fact it's going to be Arizona State, but it's going to be a program that needs a guy to give them some juice. And Matt Rule's that guy. He's a college right. coach. Yeah, I agree. I mean, he's too good of a college coach. Uh, I think you're going to see – I think the ripple effect of this is going to be a college – it's going to be another college is going to step up that is struggling right now to get in line to get him. Because Arizona State's first in line. They're going to get first crack at him. But I think you're going to see another firing in college football very soon. Could be Oklahoma. Oklahoma, yes. Uh, you talk about a bad fit. Um, and boy, oh boy, wow, what a loss that was to Texas. But um, could be Oklahoma, and that, that's a very attractive job, and he could end up there. But I think that's going to be the – I don't know if it's necessarily going to be Arizona State, but I think you're going to see a school quickly fire – they're not going to wait. They're going to fire their coach quickly in the hopes that they can get mad. All right. It's time to close it up. What do we got? I'll start us off. Yep. I mean, we were talking about it earlier. I I took the day off of work today, and um, I sat down and turned Netflix on, and first thing I seen on the thing was this thing called the Redeem Team. You know, you know guys know I'm a basketball junkie. That's all I watch is basketball. I'm thinking, well, I'll turn this on. Um, watching this documentary on the 2008 U.S. men's basketball team, it was not just about basketball. It was how U.S. basketball evolved from the 92 Dream Team all the way till we got to 2008. And I stopped you – know, we all stopped following it. Mm. The 92 team was – that was fun to watch, right? Because we had all our NBA yep. guys in mm. there and we were blowing teams out. And then we just started bringing nothing but NBA guys. And, and then the gap closed, right? The Europeans became really, really good at basketball. And then we started sending NBA players, but not our A-list guys. Guys were bowing out, doing this. We lost the 2002 FIBA World Championships. We won a bronze medal in the 2004 Olympics. And then in 2006, we lost the FIBA World Championships to Greece. If you don't, if you got a chance to watch this special, it is fantastic. And I know Mark Pons, Mike Shashevsky, he thinks not a favorite of mine. He, he's, he thinks he's a narcissist. Listen. Every, every great coach, every great player has a huge ego. 
whether you right. whether you believe it or not. Now they might hide it better, but you don't get that great without having an ego. My perception of Mike Shashesky after watching this special, I never had a problem with him, but I, I I wanted to go out and play, and and then bringing Kobe Bryant into the team after they lost the 2006 World Championships, he came in in 2007. They had to qualify for the Olympics mm-hmm. because they had lost. This this special is really good, and I don't want to give up too much of it, but towards the end of the special, and this is what I loved about Kobe Bryant. He was a great mm-hmm. friend. The only great friend he had in the NBA really was Pau Gasol, and he, play, he, he played for Spain. They're in the 2008 Olympics. He goes to Pau Gasol's apartment in the, in, in the village, hangs out with him, Buddy, buddy, you know, the other Gives Spanish hug, players, yeah, yeah give yeah. him a hug. And, you know, the other Spanish players are, oh, my God, Kobe Bryant's in our apartment. Mm-hmm. The game gets to start. They're playing in the, qual- uh, the, the quarterfinals against Spain. They're in the huddle, and, Le- and he says LeBron James, Powell's going to set a screen on the wing on the first play. I'm running through his fucking chest. And sure as hell, he ran him over. I thought he murdered the guy. It's just the, the ins and outs of seeing. You see a lot of the behind-the-scenes things with Mike Krzyzewski. If you get a chance, anybody, you don't even have to be a basketball fan, a USA fan. I mean, the power of the, you know, mm-hmm. wearing the flag on your jersey. This team really got it. And if you get a chance, this it was a fantastic documentary. I'm going to stay positive like yeah. I always am. Yes. You know, yeah. I mean, that's just what I do. Um you just generally have a uh, you know positive upbeat outlook on life, Tommy. Yep, I'm going to talk yeah. hockey. So my friend Joe Moorhead out there listening, right. you can just you can turn it off for the week. Um, um, I'm not done yet. Excuse me. Well, but I, I, he turns it off every time I start talking <laughs> hockey. I guess he already, might have already turned it off. But anyway, I digress. I'm just going to say to Penguin fans out there, I've been a Penguin fan my whole life. Mario got here in 1984. It's been a hell of a run these last few years. And as I get older, you know, I'm 49. Um, these last couple of years with Sid and, and Malkin and Latang, you know, I don't know what they're going to come. Are the chances of them getting another cup I don't think are great. Although, I don't know if you saw this, the NHL uh, 2K, whatever they, 2K23 right, yeah. or whatever, they do a simulation to begin every year, and the Penguins won the cup. Well, according to, I didn't hear that. I don't know. It's Interesting. Like EA, is EA? Who does the PlayStation? Uh, game? That's 2K. 2K. Okay, so yeah. 2K. Yeah, so, yeah. so congratulations on the Penguins preseason uh, Stanley Cup one. Well, the well, Lakers won it in NBA 2K last year, so we seen how they, they didn't make that. the playoffs, did they? Uh, yeah, they did. Oh, but well, they lost, yeah, and they, they lost yeah, in the first, first round. round. All right, well, you know, but anyway, anyway yeah. Um, if you're a Penguin fan this year, you know, every time that the Penguins, Sidney Crosby doesn't shoot on a power play, every time that Malkin doesn't, you know, does something stupid or whatever. I, this is, I think, the end of our run that we've had. I mean, we went from Mario to Yager to Sidney Crosby. I mean, we've had three of the top ten best players in the last 30 years in this city for as long a run it's been. Enjoy it. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> they, these guys, they, you got three cups out of Crosby and Malkin. Yeah. You know, I see what's going on with Steeler fans, and they're having their first losing season in 17 years, and we want to burn this whole city down. Um I think we've been pretty spoiled over these last year. So maybe this year when you're watching the game, especially now, I won't be so nice when it comes playoff time. Kick up your feet, drink a pop, drink a beer. Just enjoy what you're watching because in five years, this might be some brutal times for for the Penguin fans. So enjoy what you got now. I love how you both went positive here at the end. I like it. So I'm going to stay that way. I'm a positive guy. I'm going to keep it that way. And all I'm going to say is have a great week. This is coming to you early, so have a great rest of the week. 
enjoy, as Tommy said, the start of hockey season. Enjoy the Major League Baseball playoffs. I think they're going to be fascinating. Enjoy what you have in front of you. I mean, at the end of the day, it's sports. It's meant to be entertaining. Enjoy it. So that'll do it for this week. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in. As always, we really appreciate it. If you have any comments or questions or whatever you want us to talk about, please send them. Um, Otherwise, as I said, make it a good week, and we'll talk to you next week. Take care, everybody. See you.